Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 172. Thank you for joining us. Today, Colby's Josh Beckman joins Bonnie and I to welcome Philip Kozlowski, writer and CEO and founder of Voyage Comics. Philip shares his discernment of his gift of writing and takes us through the beginnings of Voyage Comics. He also shares some of the process in creating comics and the importance of good storytelling. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn, and podcast fanatic. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Stephen, what's good word today? In a couple different directions here, but uh, um, yeah, so I guess I'm going to stick with, I don't know how it's going to fit in at all. Maybe not. Frenetic. Let's go with frenetic. Oh, I did not I see know. that one coming. Okay. I, do, I do not know why, but that's that's what <laughs> that's what just came to me today. So Okay. I got to write that one down. Frenetic. Okay. Josh Beckman is here with us. He's Colby's Marketing and Communications Director. Hi, Josh. What's your good word today? My good word today. You're putting me on the spot. Mm-hmm. You didn't, I didn't. Um, I didn't uh, prep you for this. Sorry. That's totally fine. I was just really <laughs> thinking about you know Steve and his word and what goes into that the other day. And for me, we're gonna go by you know uh, divine providence here. I'm gonna meditate with the power of the Holy Spirit. Just a simple word of faith. I I think that that word is gonna be. Um, we're gonna hit that today, and there's gonna be some special connotation with that today, even in its simplicity. There's so much um, behind that. So that is my word of the day. You seem to have reduced those frenetic thoughts that go through as in yeah. panic when Bonnie <laughs> asks you what the, what the <laughs> word is and uh, right. settled in. You, you <laughs> cast those aside. Don't ask me other, any other important questions today. <laughs> All right. That's your one for today. You handled that one very gamely. Good job. Okay. It's my pleasure to introduce our guest for our conversation today, Mr. Philip Kozleski, the founder of Voyage Comics and a writer for Alatea.org. Hi, Philip. Welcome to the Colby cast. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay. So I've, I've been, I've had my eye on Voyage Comics for a number of years, and I remember seeing you kind of come on the scene and being so grateful for what you were producing and putting out into the world and, and have really enjoyed the fruits of that. And so it's been, it's a real privilege to get to talk to you today. Would you please tell us about yourself and your background? Sure. Yeah. So growing up, I, you know, I'll be honest, I never really imagined or thought I would be, you know, writing comic books or even, even writing in general. Um, I wasn't sure exactly what, you know, what I would be doing. Um, I mean, in high school, I, you know, kind of was discerning priesthood. And, and so I entered seminary um, for a local diocese and and um, attended University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and then after graduating and, and leaving the seminary, I didn't really have a clear path. Um, you know, I knew, I knew, I guess, I wanted to do something for the church. And, and initially, I kind of worked at the parish, uh, just kind of helping out with um, faith formation and and kind of uh, a lot of different things. But kind of through that, 
I, I was just kind of just constantly discerning like what are what are the gifts and talents that God has given me. And one one thing that made a big impact on me is um, there's the the Catherine of Siena Institute, and they have this called and gifted workshop. Um, and and it was kind of through that workshop where they help uh, where they help people discern kind of like their charism, you know, the gifts that God have given them. And and I was kind of surprised that kind of through that process that I discerned, you know, that I had kind of the gift of writing. And you know, and and so I kind of was like, okay, well, I'll I'll kind of go with it. Um and um you know, and I just kind of started writing. I, you know, kind of first I had my own blog and then I started working for Alatea and then I kind of stumbled upon comic books, I guess. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the the Catherine of Siena Institute. So I, that, that that's exciting to me. I've, I've gone through a number of their trainings and, you know, to try to do some of the the working with people to kind of discern their cares and such myself, although I haven't done a lot of that in recent years, but uh, I'm kind of curious how that, I mean, because a lot of, a lot of, I think a lot of our Colby students think, oh, I want to be a writer. I want to be the next J.R.R. Tolkien. So they have an interest, but maybe not the, maybe not the calling. And so I'm kind of curious what that discernment kind of went when did you kind of see that, well, I can write, I seem to be pretty good at it, but maybe this is something I can do for, for others that I can, uh, that our Lord can act through me that way. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it is a, is a fascinating process. Um, and yeah, I mean, cause how, how the Institute kind of helps you walk through things is like kind of, kind of some of the qualifications are, you know, something that you enjoy doing, um, something that you're good at, and then some, you know, something that bears fruit. And so it's, yeah, so it's kind of that, the process of thinking like, okay, so what are those things that I, that I enjoy doing? Um, and, you know, at the time I, I guess I enjoyed writing, but I, I hadn't really stepped back to think about that. Um, and then, kind of as I, you know, part of the process too is like doing it. So like, you know, if you, if you want to be a writer, you know, it's, it's kind of no use kind of thinking about that. You actually have to do it, you know, so you have to write. And then, and then, you know, that third part, which is kind of a hard, you know, can be hard for us is, does it bear fruit? So if, do I like writing? Am I good at it? Do, you know, do people enjoy my writing? Um, and, you know, and that's also a process where, you know, initially maybe you can't see it, but as you kind of get better at it, um, that you do start to see that fruit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting concept, just realizing that God has given us a specific gift. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to say, like, you know, not everybody is called to be a writer, but you know, I think that's a, it is a good thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's just kind of goes to the whole idea of, you know, you know, we are the body of Christ and, you know, some people are, 
our hands. Other people are not, you know, and it's not that some people are, are better than others. It's just that we all have different gifts that help, you know, build up the kingdom. I really love that intentionality. So we just jumped right right into deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. conversation. <laughs> That's what I like to do anyway. But I mean, I like that intentionality because so often through life, it seems like you, I mean, with God's providence, you're kind of being pulled this direction, that direction. But yeah, when you're starting to think about what did, what does God want? What has he called me to do? What did he make me to do? And you can start to see some of those, those effects. And, you know, again, with, with the charisms, with, Kind of living out God's life and working and in, in letting the Holy Spirit work through you for the benefit of others, the the fruits are going to be greater than what you can accomplish on a kind of a just a natural level. And so, yeah, we with our Colby students, we might have a lot of people who do have the gift of writing, and maybe they're going to utilize that in a different way. But that might not be how they're going to bring Christ into the world and to. Uh, I mean, and not that it has to be explicitly evangelization or anything like that, but mm. anytime the Holy Spirit is present, you're obviously bringing a bringing God into the into the lives of others. So I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, and just to kind of continue on, I guess, just to kind of uh, connect things. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where you know I was starting to write, and you know I kind of just kind of providentially like was contacted initially by Alatea because they liked my writing and then and then I started to to write for them like with a few articles and then they and then part-time and then kind of more of a full-time um and then and then kind of as you know I continued to discern this charism I kind of felt called to do something a little more creative so you mean, you know, like at Alatea, I mainly write kind of articles on saints or or different like liturgical traditions or or, th or things like that. Um, but then I, you know, I wanted to, I guess it's kind of every writer's dream to kind of write a novel or, or you know, something, um, something creative. And I, I kind of felt drawn towards comic books. Um, you know, and as a kid, I wasn't, you know, the biggest fan of comic books, but, um, I certainly saw, you know, especially in, in recent years, how just the comic book genre has kind of skyrocketed and, and just how superheroes are kind of everywhere in popular culture. Um, and then kind of to what I, what I love about comic books and graphic novels is, is kind of the visual nature of them. And how, you know, you can make something beautiful and not just with words, but also with with pictures. And so I, you know, I kind of felt drawn towards that. And, you know, me being a writer, I, you know, I don't have the the gift of 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 being an artist. You know, that, that it's one of those, you know, kind of going back to that theme, like I I'm a writer, I'm not an artist, and I'm okay with that, you know. I I, I draw stick people and, and that's okay. Um, but then, you know, if I want to do comic books, then that means I need to find an artist. Um, and, you know, initially I knew a few artists and, and you know, I knew one talented artist. Uh, his name is Michael Lavoie. And he, 
he had a lot of talent, but he didn't know a lot about comic books. Um, and kind of through kind of God's providence, you know, someone contacted me saying, you know, hey, I know this this Catholic artist. He works for, you know, Marvel and DC, and I think he'd like to, to help you guys out. Um, and so I, I met him. Uh, his name is Jim Fern, and he had been working at Marvel since, you know, the 1980s um, and just had a lot of experience. Um, and so kind of through that, he was able to kind of help guide us in, you know, the art form um, and and also how to help me as a writer just to kind of adapt my writing since I've, you know, I've never written comic book before but um it was really great to kind of get that initial feedback and and um you know initially i was just planning to write a single comic book um but then kind of through that process i felt you know hey i think i think this could be something more um and so kind of after that then you know created voyage comics to uh kind of continue that first series that we created but then also to you know kind of add on to that and keep keep creating what so now how would you describe the mission of voyage comics and a bit about your process sure yeah so our attention all along with our comics was that they would have kind of a, a catholic foundation um, so kind of founded on Catholic principles. Um, but then something that's, you know, beautiful. So something that is enjoyable to read that is, you know, visually, um, beautiful. So we have, you know, kind of, we think of an idea and we want to make sure that, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a strict you know, life, life of a saint, or, I mean, we do do, we do have many comics about lives of the saints, but, but they could also be kind of in the, in the fantasy genre or um, in the superhero genre. And, you know, kind of, we just want to make sure that they, you know, are uplifting and inspiring, you know, that they kind of give people that inspiration to live a heroic life. And just, you know, to maybe open our eyes a little bit to um, to the world around us. And, you know, I often, especially in our in our Finian series, kind of a underlying theme is kind of spiritual warfare and, you know, just kind of seeing the the world around us and knowing that they're, you know, they're there these these, you know, these individual, these invisible kind of dark forces that are around us and that are, you know, fighting, you know, that there's a war out there, but we, that we don't always see. And so kind of making that visible uh, as a kind of visible reminder for the reader. I'm very interested in this because I didn't grow up with comic books, but like, I think probably in my 20s, it was back when Barnes and Noble at the time was coming out with all of these old collections of like Spider-Man and the original sorts of 
Marvel comics and they collect them all in these books. And so I was just drawn to those and, and attracted to them. But then so that all oh, these are great and I'm a collector. So once I start on something, I'm always trying to grab all grab them all. I guess I, I don't play Pokemon, but I, I guess that's the Pokemon thing, right? Collect them all. <laughs> um, but but then I what I had them on a shelf for the longest time in the in my bedroom and uh, with other books up on top of them. But I would find all my kids as they be, even before they could read would start to come in and they pull those off and they'd be you know, looking through what what Spider-Man doing here or what's, you know, what are the, the, you know, these, these old, these old comics, whatever they might be. And there was just this, they'd sit there for hours just looking through them. And then as they're reading, they're grabbing them and taking them off so that <laughs> they can focus instead of all of their younger siblings grabbing them from them or whatever. But so I, I, I hadn't thought a lot about what, what's, what are those components, but I like I like what you're adding onto it because rather than just having having to look at Spider-Man and here's some guy who creates some weird device and now Spider-Man goes and stops them, which is still a really good story, even if it seems a little weird or 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 silly even at times. But adding in, you know, illustrations that are going to be worth looking at, you know, that are that are and some of the early Marvel ones I like too. So I, I'm not complaining about those. But uh, but then to have stories and things again that are worth worth reading not just well, worth reading in themselves i think i think that was common to some of those early comic books but now as you're saying all of these it's like this this would be better though in some ways to have these these things that are more you know again rather than some strange device where they're robbing banks and things to to bring it into our the reality of our faith in the world that we we live in in a in a more real way it would be really nice yeah yeah and and certainly one of our you know one of the reasons why we've kind of continued on with with voyage is um like in the history of comics they've often kind of reflected the culture at the time um so you know in the 50s 60s you know you know, for the most part, those comics reflected the culture, you know, during during that time period. But then as as the decades gone by, you know, and 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 even it, in those, you know, for a few decades, there was like a a comic book authority that where they would have to like get a stamp on their comics so that it was, you know, appropriate for uh the public. Um but eventually that got disbanded and you know by the 2000s the the comics then turned you know in a totally different direction um and so yeah unfortunately at this point you know if you pick up a comic book about you know spider-man or batman you know it's going to have the same it's, it, it reflects the culture um and and so it's going to have things in there that that you know you don't want your kids to be looking at right. um and so that's kind of you know the state of where we're at right now um is that you can't just walk in a comic book store and and pick up anything that's on the shelf um but 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 graphic novels and comic books are so powerful visually um and they're they're a great you know medium to tell a story um but we kind of have to kind of reclaim that and and 
and give it a proper foundation so that it doesn't just keep changing uh, according to the culture, but it has just kind of firm, firm roots to it. So when you're writing your stories, are you envisioning what they will look like? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the one thing that I enjoy about uh, comic book writing is that, you know, as you know, even if I, if I were to write like just a fiction story, like obviously we'll write kind of description. I'll have kind of a, an image in my mind of what, um, of what it is that I'm writing. And when writing a comic book, that's essentially what, what you, what you need to have. You need to have, a an image like you need to be writing and to have a picture in your mind of what the page will look like um and and so then i write kind of descriptions on each page for each you know each panel kind of like this is how i think the action will look like um but then the great thing about comic book writing is that you know i'll have kind of an image of what I think it'll look like. And then I pass it on to the artist and then the artist will take a look at it and we'll start drawing and, and it might happen where things change. So things saying, well, you know, what you kind of envisioned is actually going to look a little bit differently. Um, and I, I do like that kind of collaborative process of, of, you know, it's not just, it's not just me creating the cog. There's kind of a team and, and each, each kind of plays their own part um, to to make the finished product. You do you very often get that get kind of an experience where you're like, "Wow, this is this is not exactly what I had imagined, but this is like this is better, like or an excitement that he's brought to life in a way maybe that you hadn't imagined or mm -hmm. envisioned." Certainly, yeah, yeah, that's happened several times where. Yeah, pretty much I think pretty much on every comic that I write, you know, it'll we'll get to a page and and then the artist will do something and it might and it'll be different than what I thought, but it actually turns out a lot better than than, than I had envisioned. No, I think there's this um allure, you know, allure of like comics and, and writing and you know that can span time can span ages you know young and old and that just really like taps into like you know the minds and the hearts of of people you know men women you know children um you know and you i think you hear a lot about you know elf land with chesterton you hear about you know fairy tales with lewis and just a lot of times their importance you know in um in the fiction that we write you know why it's so important and especially the, the the fantasy ones, you know, Tolkien, et cetera, um, they just have a, this deeper way, this, this this powerful way of like really tapping into like the the human spirit, you know, it, and encouraging people to maybe explore their their faith more, um, you know, and and you know, yeah, it's with it's with writing and and also like imagery too. I mean, I think of some of the the the, the Waterhouse um, paintings, you know, like Lady of Shalott. Um, and some of those other, um, these, these, these paintings of knights, um, and, uh, and the different ladies and it's just this, 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 this essence that they portray and how it draws you deeper into some just deeper meaning, 
this this higher power. Um, you know, I feel like you've tapped into that a little bit. You know, this um, you, you mentioned earlier too, like you know, it's not everybody. Not everybody is a writer. Not everyone is an artist. But I, I think that you've been able to tap into your vocation um, and that gift, even if you know you're writing and you have someone else, you know, illustrating. You're, you're directing that focus a little bit and utilizing those skills. You know, how do you feel that you, you've been able to tap into this power? You know, it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, it's certainly it's a it's a great process and yeah i mean i can definitely just see god's providence and all the things that have happened so far and so i just keep on going <laughs> even the uh as you're explaining the process it, it does bring back to mind those those uh charisms and things of relying on and as you mentioned the different members of the body body of christ that you know it's lovely in a way that you can kind of see directly that process throughout. I mean, so knowing that you can write, but then needing or relying on somebody else who has this other gift and putting to get those things together, you can put together something which would be greater than any one of you could, could do on your own. That's just, it's just a lovely sort of a continuation of that as you're explaining this process. Yeah, you get to see it see it in action. Um, yeah, I definitely am very grateful for it because, yeah, like I said, I, I, I am not an artist, and so I, you know, if I tried to to teach myself how to draw, like maybe eventually I'd be able to do it, but it would just be really hard and difficult, and it probably wouldn't be as great as as what I could do if I if I just relied on and the gifts of someone else. That's a neat observation too, about the, the gifts that the fruits that are observable by us using our gifts given to us by God. So let's talk a bit about uh, the stories you craft. You, you were telling us a bit as we were preparing for this episode, that some of your stories are based on um, actual people. Let, specifically, I'd like us to talk about St. Maximilian Kolbe and his inspiration for the inspiration he has given to you for your story, Metal Knight. Certainly. So um, for Voyage, we, you know, for a while we had been thinking about kind of a superhero series and, you know, it's sometimes it's it's hard to think about it because, well, like Marvel and DC, they literally have thousands of superheroes out there. Um, so it's hard to kind of create something new uh, and unique. So, but what we, what we did is we kind of went backwards a little bit, um, going like setting our superhero world in the 1920s. Um, and we started first with a series called The Phantom Phoenix. And he's you know, a superhero who he doesn't necessarily have any like powers, but is just kind of a classic, like just fighting crime. Um, and he's set in Chicago. Um, and then we wanted to make kind of expand that universe a little bit. And, and so we, we created Metal Knight. And um, so this character Max is his name, and 
he's kind of inspired by St. Maximilian Colby. And kind of one thing that I found fascinating reading about St. Maximilian Colby's life was just his own, I guess, his own fascination with technology. And like I was reading kind of a biography and, you know, I read that in the 19... Yeah, it was like in the 1920s that he was kind of drawing up plans for all these different kinds of inventions. And he drew like a, he was making plans for like a spaceship um, and kind of drew up all these different kind of plans that he sketched out. And, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting part of, of his life, which, you know, doesn't really get a lot of um, thought just because. You know, I mean, we think about his the later part of his life, uh, you know, and his his sacrifice at Auschwitz. But, you know, it, as a seminarian, he was just kind of doodling in his notebook and all these different inventions. And, you know, so I just was fascinated by that. And so I kind of took that period in his life and created a, a character around around that. Um, so. So, Max, he's. You know, he's like an 18 year old. He's he's Polish. He lives in in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and he kind of gets into this predicament where he has to kind of use his um, his creations to um, well. I don't know if I want to give you too much of the the plot, but um, <laughs> you know, so so that character is is kind of you know inspired largely on those kind of on on that period in Saint Maximilian Colby's life, uh, but then also his, Saint Maximilian Colby would often write about his about the miraculous medal and how that was kind of like his uh, bullet to to save souls um and he was you know fascinated with kind of the military and you know created the knights of the immaculata um and so then kind of putting that together we you know created the name of metal knight kind of and, and the miraculous metal kind of shows up in different places in our comic as well um so so yeah i mean it's it is fun to, you know, think about superheroes, but it's also not easy at the same time because uh, you don't want to do something that is too close to, you know, what's already been done. Uh, but then you also, like, what we try to do is, you know, we want to give that superhero kind of a a Catholic foundation. Um, and, you know, and one thing that's important for us, too, is that the superhero... You know, he might have struggles, but that he he does keep, you know, he keeps the faith. He keeps, he is, you know, truly someone who is heroic, who, who, you know, serves the true, the good, the beautiful. Um, and that doesn't kind of compromise his, his beliefs or values. Really like the, the merger of those two things, because, I mean, you can... You kind of see when you look at like the popularity of superhero movies and and things, especially recently. I think that it it speaks to a desire in 
I don't know, I speak from a man's standpoint and from my boy's standpoint to be something great, you know, to, to be, do something really worthwhile, you know, and it's, it's kind of hard to envision that at times in our world, I think like I'm going to go sit behind a desk for, you know, 40 hours a week. And, you know, there's, there's value in all of those things, all of the things that you're doing, but, but I think people just want to see something big that they can participate in. And I, I like the fact that it's, it's not then just, well, I'm going to go out and I can throw spaceships around and save the world in a very, you know, great way that way but that it's it's incorporating the faith and by living those principles you're having a real effect on on the world and doing great things that might not involve guns or explosions or, or things like that i guess necessarily but there's a desire for it though a, a great desire for it yeah yeah certainly and and one thing too that's it's kind of unfortunate is is so i mean a lot of these mainstream superheroes like they're created to be heroic and, and to inspire but then at, but then over the years it seems like these writers or creators kind of kind of ended up seeing like thinking like well this is not really realistic like we're you know we're humans we're bound to fail and we're never going to be able to live up to these standards and so then a lot of the these stories then turn the opposite way we're like oh well you know spider-man really isn't a great guy he's you know just you know he's actually turns to doing bad stuff for some reason um and you know and and even recently too there's been kind of a slew of tv shows and movies where where the superheroes are actually not that great um and they're not they're not heroes they're actually more villains like we're kind of you know uplifting these these people who are doing bad things to accomplish their their goals um and you know again it's kind of a reflection of our culture but you know something that i'm trying to to to, to go against you know so that these these characters aren't going to you know fall in that way where they turn instead to a life of crime to to accomplish their to save the world basically yeah I, when you're saying that the, the i would have to i was thinking about stan lee and the the old spider-man with you know the the now very much over quoted with great power comes great responsibility from the spider-man but there's actually something providential and true in there. I mean, when you're thinking about, so I can see where today's world kind of thinks, well, if you had all of this power, you would just be corrupt and you would be, you'd be selfish and things. But in God's providence, he's, you know, if you're thinking about it, actually, if you are given these gifts, these, these, whether it's great intellect or whatever, you're given it to you've been created for that as a for a purpose to to do something great for the kingdom he's going to give you what you need to be be great in a spiritual sense in a, in a moral sense isn't yet like you were saying before not that you don't ever fail or struggle or anything like that but you know it, yeah the world would be horrible if god did not provide the the blessings to go along with the the gifts the those things and but i think today's world doesn't see that and and so it's good to <laughs> good to remind us that that these great people yeah yeah 
it, it think, makes me think of even back, you know, when I, I think when Lord of the Rings first came out too, there was just a huge craze of just, you know, fantasy that came out, you know, and, and a lot of just the, just books and stories. Like it just, it took the world by craze in, in, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's what you're chewing is saying. We're, we're kind of seeing this done a little bit with, um, like the Marvel movies and a lot of the you know superhero movies, et cetera. And I think that's one of the things that if just the name drop, you know, Tolkien, I I think like he was so good at, like he was able to, um, you know, really truly understand his gift and, um, you know, really embrace some of those enduring principles and virtue, you know, and the importance of that and how that resonated. And I think it resonated enough just to, you, know, you can see his, his success in that. Um, you know, and I, and I think that you do an excellent job of that as well. And I think it's so, it's so important to do that. And, you know, I think people are, are, are thirsting for that in this, in this world where we don't, you know, have a lot of that, there's a lot of emptiness and in, in a lot of the stories that are created and it's just mass produced, et cetera. Um, so, um, I think it's definitely a good direction to, to go. Do you have any stories you've heard from from folks about the impact Voyage Comics has had on young readers and their faith formation? Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know it's one of those things where when when you create something, you don't know how it's going to be received, um, and especially yeah, when you just get it out into the the world and you see see how it goes. Um, I mean, I don't always hear all of uh, the uh, the impact that it has, but um, you know, certainly. I mean, I've heard a, a, I mean, a few different things. I mean, for one, I mean, like some of our our Saint comics have been been inspiring for for others, especially we did one last year on. Blessed Carlo Cutis, um, and and his life is is such an inspiration. But you know, often, you know, but but especially when you put it in a in a comic book format, it really brings it to life. And and just you know, children and teenagers have been able to pick it up and really just just become fascinated with uh, with him, his life, and and the Eucharist. Um, so that one I, I i know has had a big impact on, on many people um but then also i've you know heard too just sometimes children will have kind of you know reading problems and and they just aren't able you know to read a, a regular chapter book um and but graphic novels are, are just perfect for them you know i've heard from different parents just how it's been I guess such a blessing for for their children uh, to be able to, to to pick those up and that they just keep on coming back to them and um, yeah I mean it's been it's been an, I mean I do have my own kids which um, they they enjoy them but I guess they kind of have to enjoy them um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's it's good to good to hear of of others um, uh, when they when they let me know. Would be neat if in our the social media posts that we'll do for this episode, if if our listeners will comment their favorite Voyage comic stories, we'd love to hear that. We'll pass it along so you get that. 
Do you have a favorite story that you've put together out of your, your collection? What's your favorite? Sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to say because, you know, um, every, I mean, the Finian series was our, our first series that we did. Um, and, and so I've, you know, I've enjoyed that, but at the same time, I, I mean, I do think that as the years have gone by, I've, I hopefully have, have gotten better, um, over the years. So I don't know. The Carlo Cuties comic, I think, is one of my favorite ones that we've done. Um, and I really do like Metal Knight. Um, I mean, part of it is probably because I'm I'm from Wisconsin, so um, couldn't help but create a, a superhero that's from Wisconsin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've enjoyed that quite a bit. <laughs> That one seems particularly well suited to folks who are interested in STEM subjects also, like the integration of their STEM interests and their faith. I, I think that is a particularly suitable one for them. Yeah. So do you have a typical timeline from start to finish when you start writing to the time a book is ready to be to go out into the world? Like the creation of a, of a single comic, I mean, usually takes about four to five months. Um, okay. so, I mean, sometimes I might have an idea for it before that, but, but then once I, once I really kind of get down to work, um, you know, I'll create kind of an outline first and then, and then write the script and then get feedback from other people. And then, and then I hand it off to the artist and then, and then they kind of run, run with it from there. But uh, yeah, about, about four to five months from start to finish. Okay. I'm a little curious too, from again, from some of maybe our, our Colby, well, my children, whether they're thinking of doing this sort of thing. Like we, we read a lot of fantasy or in our, in our household. And so we hear from different authors, like we've got our Brandon Sanderson, who everybody kind of loves a lot of his stuff, but he's just prolific and he's got this very regimented routine where he's, and he's just cranking the books out. And then you hear about others who not so regimented. So is there a, is there a routine or a, or something that you do to to make sure that there is to keep producing or or I guess this builds on Bonnie's question here or is it just um, is there a secret or of as far as <laughs> discipline or whatever to uh, to doing this? Certainly, I mean, well, I mean part part of it's just you know the time available. I mean. You know, to be honest, I would I would love to, you know, be able to 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 write more, um, might write more comics specifically, but but I don't always have the time is is the problem, and especially when you're when you're running a business, you know, when I kind of have to figure out, you know, kind of every other aspect of a business like marketing or financial and stuff like that, then they kind of you know. I get kind of bogged down and kind of get taken away from the creative side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, cause yeah, when I, when I'm able to have the time, then it, it you know, it, it goes pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that was, I feel like that was Tolkien's problem too of, of, you know, he would have just loved to just write all the time or be in his Lord of the Rings, but, 
but he had a day job. <laughs> he had, he was a, you know, professor and, and that kind of, he had to grade papers instead of, uh, instead of write. Um, and so, yeah, it took him so long to complete. Uh, and he did, you know, and there was so much in his life that he never completed because he just didn't, just didn't have the time. <laughs> Fighting a war, you know, and having that, you know, put a little break in things, but also even that occurrence in his life, how much it didn't, you know, added to his story as well. Certainly, yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes, sometimes the, the time is good too, like in terms of being able to, to mull things over and, and rework things. So, I mean, you know, sometimes it's good to start something and then give it some space to breathe and then to come back and and then you kind of look at things a little bit differently than when you first started. Yeah. We have been focused largely on the comics that you write and publish, but that's not the limit of your, of what you published. Tell us a bit about those. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've written a, a few, a few other shorter books, um, so I mean, often what I do, what I what I love to do is kind of connect pop culture with with the spiritual life or with the Catholic faith, and kind of where it's where it all started was you know there's this island in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and then also in The Last Jedi, and this island where they filmed that is an actual island off the coast of Ireland called Skellig Michael. And and so I kind of wrote a book about that island and then how there were, you know, real life monks and and I kind of connected that their lifestyle and kind of their spiritual war compared to like the Jedi or, you know, inhabit that, that island in, in the Star Wars universe. So we kind of take a look at that. Um, and then... Most recently, too, we we kind of took the parallels of of the Mandalorian series, which is pretty popular on on Disney Plus, and uh, myself and a few other writers wrote some essays on you know th spiritual themes from that um, from that TV series and linking them to Saint Christopher and Saint Joseph, uh, so kind of those two saints and and how there's kind of parallels. Uh, with the Mandalorian, um, so we did that, and then we also did one on Tolkien and and faith, uh, where we did a similar thing of kind of shorter essays to kind of seeing in his writing and his world of uh, Lord of the Rings of Middle Earth and uh, kind of spiritual things, spiritual themes that are are present in that as well. Um, yeah, and that's so that's we've done that in a few other books. Um and and we also do that on our on our blog and, and podcast as well. I'm glad you mentioned those. I was gonna ask you about those in a little bit. Do, is there more you want to say about the, the podcasts and the blog? Sure. I mean, so so the blog we've we've had for several years and and you know, again, kind of we we love to kind of find god in the most unlikeliest of places and especially in pop culture um so we'll you know so we so a writer might kind of look at you know the super mario movie and kind of look at 
some kind of positive themes that are found in that. Um, and then we do that same thing on the podcast. Um, I am actually not on the podcast except for the first episode, but um, our, we have two co-hosts, Mike and Jacob, and they do they do a great job kind of just having a, a good conversation about um, about pop culture and kind of the different Catholic themes uh, that, that we find in them. Lots of good stuff. So I definitely see how your the the comics going back to those they go hand in hand with a lot of the the homeschooling curriculum that we go through as Colby families and I can see working through our coursework and alongside that we can say well here's this book you know or more likely in, as it tended to go for me I would have them just around and they that's what would be it'd be what's the word strewing they they were there in the visual landscape like here are these books and <laughs> like and sometimes I would make reference to them directly here, how about this book along with what we were just doing? Or or maybe they'd just be conveniently right there at hand. So working them into uh to supplement what we were doing through our through our more formal coursework. Uh, do you have any other suggestions for for working those into our homeschool life? Certainly, yeah. I mean, especially the Finian series. I mean, we've uh kind of at the end of each comic we kind of give a little kind of historical article about the different visions of of saint michael that this that the story is kind of based on and then since the since it's specifically kind of visits these real life shrines in europe on saint michael um you know giving a little history of those i mean i think those kind of work well and in, in kind of uh just kind of taking a different spin or on uh kind of the history of the catholic church um and then yeah i mean our you know as we've kind of been talking about too like our our superheroes are kind of all kind of inspired by different saints and we usually try to you know we point that out at the back of the each comic um yeah and then we do have comics that are about saints so um about different holy people this year we we produced a comic on rose hawthorne who was the daughter of of nathaniel hawthorne uh the american author um and you know her life story which is quite fascinating about how she she converted to the catholic faith and then and then founded a religious order um so her her life is pretty fascinating um yeah and then we're we're coming out uh, with a, a comic book on the life of Saint Kateri. Um, yeah, I mean those all of those can kind of be used as supplemental material in uh, in a homeschooling um, curriculum. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it seems like they play a really that that plays a great role in in. You know, as you're thinking, we at Colby here, where we're talking about the process of education, and we do a lot of reading in a lot of our courses. So there's a lot of, but I think the strewing, if that's if that's the word, Bonnie, is a great idea because the yeah, the, uh, the 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 kind of that wonder that like here I'm you know I just put down my book, but here I'm going to read something that's going to bring about these really interesting ideas. But it's it's a it's also 
leisure time. I mean, leisure is also taken with the studies and such, but but something that's going to keep them their minds activated and active and wondering and curious and thinking about these things is just always a great thing. Sometimes we can get into the the drudgery of I've got to get my school done. This is a way to to kind of to expand the mind and have it be secret. We don't, we just have fun with it. We don't have to, it doesn't have to be any pain at all here. Terrible, but. yeah. I remember I was reading your Tolkien and Facebook and um, excellent, by the way. Um, even going through that, like you hit, it's, you know, it's a book of essays. I think you and your, your, your buddies put together and, you know, you just hit these, these concepts of, you know, weaving the faith into a lot of the inspiring stories of literature you know, specifically Tolkien, you know, and I just, some of the chapters are like, you know, Bilbo and Frodo's Dark Night of the Soul, you know, or Boromir and the Sacrament of Confession, Tom Bombadil and the Divine Office, um, the simplicity of, you know, living in the Shire, these just these, you know, these stories that, you know, that, that have such a deep connection with us. And then you're, you're helping us tie that into our faith, you know, um, I think that's so important. And I've always had this dream of like, I need to write a book where it's very intertwined with the, you know, the faith so that when they like are inspired by this book, they'll just be led directly into, you know, becoming, you know, um, you know, Christian in, in some context, you know, and like, like, I, I think that that's, that you're, that you're, you're doing that. And um, this is just a great tool, just even if you're want to, you know, parents can pick up this book and it's like three or four pages, I think, you know, per, per essay, small, you know, small pages. And it's just a great tool for having a discussion on virtue or, you know, heroism, heroism, and just, just life and its complexities and stuff like that. It's just a great format for having, you know, discussions, whether it's during, you know, class time when you guys are studying something or just over the dinner table. I think it's, it's uh, just want to commend you on that. It's just, a, it's a fantastic book. Thanks. Yeah. And, and certainly, yeah, kind of what we hope too is is that you know kind of these materials and then also help just in general being able to read other stories and find you know different themes and I do think that's also important to do like you know if you're just if you're yeah if you're just reading just the classics and and literature that you're able to uh, you know not just read the story but then also kind of reflect on it after you've read it and you can kind of see different kind of you know, spiritual themes that are present in it, even, even you know, the author maybe not have, have intended it, but uh, you can still kind of recognize those. Um, and, and yeah, and then you can kind of talk about them as well. Lots of fruit coming from you using the gift you were given and finding folks who are using their gifts. Do you, you mentioned your book on St. Kateri coming up. Is there anything else you want to mention on the horizon that we can look forward to? Sure. Yeah. So in the next, uh, a few months we'll be we'll also be releasing um it's a collection um so in the the 1950s there started this it's like kind of the original catholic comic called uh treasure chest of fun and fact and it used to be sent to all the catholic schools um like every other week for about like 11 years or so or maybe maybe more than that um yeah, it started in 1946 and then ended in like 1971. Um, so there's like 500 issues, but they're really they're really fun. They're a great resource because they have both fun things, kind of like different um, 
project you can do or maybe even like a magic trick or things like that um but then facts will make they'll go through like you know a story on george washington or um or a story you know a story on a different saint um and it's just a great we found that they were just a great resource and so what we did is we were able to kind of restore them so the catholic university of america had scanned in all the pages of like 500 issues and what we're doing which it'll take us a long time to do it but are kind of recoloring them and and reprinting them in different volumes um so that's one we're we're excited about that kind of the first volume is coming out uh, in the next few months that's definitely something to look forward to so where where can folks find all of your offerings offered through Voyage Comics. Where should folks head? Sure, just just head on over to voyagecomics.com and and you'll you'll be able to find everything that uh, that we've been talking about today. We really have enjoyed this time visiting with you, Philip, and certainly do enjoy all of the offerings from Voyage Comics. I appreciate so much you using your gifts in, in that manner to to serve uh, the church. We'd love to hear from our listeners what your favorite Voyage Comics stories are, either already or the ones you discover after hearing this episode, please let us know in the comments to our social media post or send us a, an email to podcast at colby.org. We'll pass those along to Philip, share those with him so he can enjoy this with his team as well. Philip, thanks again for coming to visit with us. It's really been great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.